Thank him for the word that is growing rapidly. Thank him for the word that is growing rapidly in our hearts all over the world. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout glory. Let's celebrate our papa and mama in the house with a clap. Do that with a clap. Do that with a shout. Somebody shout glory. Bless you, Papa. Thank you. We love you, Mama. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's lift our hands above our heads and let's put those hands together with a joyful shout. Even as we receive our Papa, Doctor Amen Damina. Glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Father, we rejoice that we have this another opportunity to come before your holy, precious, written word. And we rejoice that we have the mighty Holy Spirit living on our inside. Revelation knowledge is gifted everybody under the sound of my voice. But in Sanyuks are destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. I declare and I declare that your word comes with clarity. And we declare that everyone connected to this service around the world, they grow in knowledge and in grace. And we rejoice that by the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name. And every believer sees a powerful amen. Well, I want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service today. We also want to welcome the radio audience connected to this service. Whichever of the platforms you're listening to the sound of my voice, call a friend, a loved one, a family member, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Our social media community, let's get the word to the ends of the earth. Help us share the videos put them on as many groups as possible let's flood the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace all our campuses around the world what a joy and a pleasure to seated with your sweet smart self tonight as we get into the word of his grace do me the favor of sharing the video on all the platforms where you belong all right glory to god we've been examining in christ brother paul's revelation of identification in christ and we've been on this for quite a while. I'm going to be on this for a little more. You know, Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. <clears throat> and Brother Peter says concerning the writings of Brother Paul, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you according to the wisdom he has that has been given to him the word wisdom there is the word sophia it means insight that brother paul had a unique insight in the way he taught from the old testament and in the way he communicated the christocentric theology from the old testament 
Now we've been looking at a few things in the past few days and I'm going to push a little bit tonight. So walk with me because I'm going to push quite some this evening. We've been looking at, you know, um, uh, the progression of thought and we began to examine how Brother Paul thinks and we began to see how that there's a consistency of theology. Now let's get back to that faithfulness we began to look at yesterday more elaborately, the faithfulness of Christ. The word pistis. And then yesterday we said that in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 3 and 4, Brother Paul's background helps him to be able to communicate using both the Jewish background and the Roman background to bring out these truths. Romans chapter 1 verse number 3. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. That's Jewish. Because kingdoms among Jewish people is by birth or by inheritance. Verse 4. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That's Roman. Because among the Romans, for you to be a king, it has to come by conquest. So he was declared the son of God with power by the spirit of holiness from the resurrection, by the resurrection from the dead. So now we began to say the word faithful or faith or faithfulness is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. Therefore, the word pistis, based on the things we taught yesterday, we can summarily say will be a concomitant of events, depending on what is discussed. Christ's work will be the foundation of the pistis in the epistles. Christ's work will be the foundation of the pistis in the epistles. Meaning that Christ's work will be the foundation of the teaching of faith in the epistles. But it will have within it the believer's faithfulness in Christ's faithfulness. It will have within it the believer's faithfulness in Christ's faithfulness. Because the believer's faithfulness or loyalty is to Christ's work. The believer's faithfulness or loyalty will be to the work of Christ. That is the believer's faith in the work of Christ. So therefore, in the faithfulness of God in Christ, in the faithfulness of God in Christ, we are likely going to see the believer in many instances. We are likely going to see the believer in many instances. Let's take that a bit further. Let's examine a typical example. Jesus spoke to the fig tree and the fig tree dried up in the book of Mark chapter 11. He said to the tree, no man eat fruit of thee from today and forever. The following day, Peter calling Jesus' attention says, the tree you spoke to has dried up. And they said, that, that, and Jesus said to them, have faith in God or have the faith that God gives. Or have the God kind of faith. Now observe. These were two events that happened about the same period. Mark brings our attention to these events. The, the speaking to the fig tree. And then John also brought our attention to another event. Because it was when he now went to Jerusalem that he entered into the temple 
John noted that in John chapter 2, how Jesus went to the temple and drove out those folks, the guys who were selling and buying, and Jesus said, my father's house cannot be made a house of merchandise. Then he now said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. John added that detail to his own explanation. So Jesus, therefore, on the face of it, stopped merchandise in the temple. But he now prefigures his resurrection. Destroy the temple. After three days, I will raise it again. Now observe, he also spoke to the fig tree. Now get ready to see the similarity. He spoke to the fig tree, and then Peter calls his attention to the fig tree that you caused is dried. Then Jesus mentioned mountain. They are talking about a tree. Jesus begins to change the narrative. If you shall say to this mountain, they are no more talking tree. He has moved them from tree to mountain. In Mark 11. Peter said fig tree. Jesus said have the faith of God or the faithfulness of God or have faithfulness in his faithfulness. What is he talking about? Victory mountain. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Verily I say unto thee, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 24. What is soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, what is he talking about? Verse 25. Verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Then you wonder, What? He spoke to the tree. He moved the narrative to mountain. Now he's talking about prayer. Forgive when you stand praying. So he brings in a reality. If you don't forgive, it is not like your heavenly father. If you do not forgive, you are not behaving like your heavenly father. So he expands the faith of God to the love of God. He expands the discourse from the faith of God to the love of God. That this is the work of that faith. So the work of faith is love. The work of faith is love. He expands it. In fact, go and look at all the writers of the epistles. That's how they wrote about faith. About our believing. And the commitment you know, concomitant effect amongst men. Whilst they were focused, I'm talking about the disciples, on a tree, Jesus took their attention back to men. When you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. If you do not forgive, you're not acting like your father. Now, I don't know if you're observing. They are talking about a tree. They are flabbergasted about the fact that Jesus spoke to a tree just the day 
the day before and the tree has dried up. Wow, what power, what authority. Jesus said, have faith in God. If you shall say to this mountain, he no more talks of tree, talks of mountain. Then he says, when you stand praying, forgive. When you stand praying, forgive so that you can be like your father. If you are one of those guys and you were there, you'll be wondering what is he talking about? From trees to mountain. And they were not seeing any mountain when he was talking. It's not like he took them to a mountain side. And if you observe, when he says, if you shall say, he didn't say to the mountain, to this, to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, to this mountain. Now, then he goes further and speaks about prayer and about forgiveness. You know, that's very similar to Matthew chapter 6. It says, you pray like this. You forgive us our trespasses so that we forgive those who trespass against us. So we are forgiven to forgive the work of faith. We are forgiven to forgive. Now you will see that in the faith of God, which is the faithfulness of God, you will find the believing man in that faith of God. Now look at Romans chapter 14 verse 1. We read that yesterday. Romans 14 verse number 1. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Of course, he's talking about Christian living and he's talking about faith. So the faith in this verse will now be Christ's faithfulness to us, Christ's faithfulness to us and through us. Now, if somebody is weak in Christ's faithfulness, the weakness will be via knowledge. The weakness of the brother who is in Christ's faithfulness will be via knowledge of who he is and via the knowledge of what Christ has done. And Paul uses that short form, you know, short form to call it faith. Because he calls everything pistis, faith. And in the faith... This guy is accepted of God, but this guy doesn't know, so he is weak in the faith. In the faith, God has accepted him. He doesn't know much, so he has a part to play. It's all built on the faithfulness of Jesus and a man's perception of that faithfulness. So when you see the word faith, it can be expanded into what we are in Christ right now and it can be expanded into what we do in Christ Jesus. But it's primarily, the word faith is primarily the faithfulness of Christ. The word faith is primarily the faithfulness of Christ. Faith is never used in a vacuum. That is, you will not find faith used in the epistle as believing outside Christ. You will not find faith used in the epistles as believing outside Christ. So, if believing outside Christ is what makes it faith, 
then that means that the faithfulness of Christ is the basis of everything called faith in the epistles. The faithfulness of Christ is the basis of everything called faith in the epistles. So while the four gospels seems to focus on the early ministry of Jesus in the usage of the word faith, the epistles focus on the totality of what he did. His sufferings and the glory that follows. If you are still here, can I have a good amen? <clears throat> now, so faith therefore will be seen as a full cargo where you will ask which container you remember? Which of the containers? Alright? Now, faith therefore must be used in tandem with the faithfulness of Christ. The word pistis. Look at Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Let's begin to clarify some of these words in the epistles. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God that dealt to every man the measure of faith. What's that faith? That faith in that verse that has been dealt to every man will be a measure of Christ's work for us. A measure of Christ's work for us. So Christ has served us and then in the service that he has done for us, which is what we call the body of Christ, is, typify, is typified. He has served us and in that service he has served us as the body of Christ. It is typified. Let's expand further. He now says, this is my body. This is my body. The body of Jesus is his work. His work. Broken for you. Sacrificed on your behalf. And shared for you. This is my body, the work of Christ sacrificed on your behalf and shared amongst you. So based on that unliving bread or what, what we call the Pascal, Paul will now come to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and say we are that one bread. We are that one bread. All of us, we are that one bread. Which means that Jesus' bread is his sacrifice for sins. The bread of Jesus is his sacrifice for sins and his sacrifice for the body. So we see it as his sacrifice for sins. An example of that is now called the body of Christ. It's called the body of Christ because we all share. You see, just like Jesus shared his body, all of us share. So you see, that's the expansion of that narrative. So on the table, 
He shows his body for your sins. Shared for you. Very key. The body of Jesus given as a sacrifice on our behalf and the benefits of that body shared amongst us. Now, destroy this temple after three days. I will raise it up. His body for our sins. And the body of Christ was raised up. So some of those statements has a whole lot of character in it that the epistles now broke it down in details. Jesus' faith had love in it. Jesus' faith had love in it. So it comes through the epistles as our faith in him and our love towards others. Our faith in his faithfulness which is expressed in our love towards others. And even when you teach that, you are still describing the faithfulness of Jesus. So when you say the measure of faith, his faith has been described in Romans chapter 3 as his sacrifice for us. The righteousness of God by the faith of Jesus Christ. And that faith is seen in his resurrection. Now, he gives every one of us a measure. All of us. Say with me everybody, I have the measure of Christ's faith. Now, can we call the faith of Christ or the faithfulness of Christ his service to us? Yes. That is his diaconio, his service. Now, having seen that, that that is his service to us, he has now given to all of us a measure of that service for one another. Are you following? Now, because he has not stopped serving us. Jesus has not stopped serving us. He is still serving us, in us, through us, to one another. It is still Jesus serving us. Are you following? He's still serving us. He has not stopped serving us. So he now says he has shared it with each one of us. He now mentions just like in a physical body, there are different parts and each has its own different function. He uses the physical body to mirror what Jesus shared with all of us. So everybody has the measure, everybody has a function, everybody is a part of the body and everybody that is a part of the body of Jesus is supplying Christ in him, through him, is supplying service to the overall edification of the body. Are you following? Yeah. That's why there is nothing like, I'm a floor member in that church. I'm just a floor member. There are a lot of illiteracy. There's no floor membership. You're either born of God or you don't belong. You're either a member of the body of Christ or you're out. There's no room for 
I'm a floor member. You know, in that church, I'm not a serious brother. I'm not, no, there's nothing like that. You're either born of God or you're, not, you're born of Satan. That's all. There's nothing like that brother is not, um, you know, we're still waiting for him to really, uh, to really catch fire. There's nothing, the moment you got born again, everything you need to serve God is on your inside. The measure. Say to me very loud, I have the measure of Jesus' faithfulness. And I serve the body. I didn't hear a powerful amen. Now, so in his faithfulness, did he share his entire being with us? Huh? Yes. Okay, now, in that sharing that he shared with us, do we also have service in what he has done? Huh? We have service. So Paul uses the word faith as a short form of talking about the body of Christ and the ministry in the body. The ministry in the body. So the term faith is very wide. Like he carried a whole lot of activities. You know, like yesterday I said, he traveled to Lagos. A lot of details are not in that statement. So a lot of activities can be in a statement but unseen because that statement is a short form. Like we say faith. What faith? What faith? Which faith? Somebody says, I am in the faith. Which faith? What faith? And when you look very well, you will see that the basis of faith in the new covenant and the epistles is the faithfulness of Jesus. If you really study the new, the, the new testament very well. Not a past faithfulness, but a continuing faithfulness. And so it's expressed in the lifestyle of the believer. The faithfulness of Jesus finds expression in the lifestyle of the believer. Now let's go back to that Mark 11 again. Always expect Jesus to make an explanation. He spoke to the fig tree. The tree dried up. They asked him one time, Why couldn't we cast out this demon? How many of you know that scripture? Why couldn't we cast out this demon? The man said, I brought my sick child. Your disciples couldn't heal him. Jesus, they, then they now took him apart and said, But master, why couldn't we cast out a demon? And Jesus answered them, because you are faithless. Because of unbelief. Someone said, but the Bible says, this kind going not out, but by prayer and fasting. No, it was not a lack of fasting that stopped the demons from going. It was their unbelief. And when he said, you know, you, know, you need prayer, this kind going not out, the word fasting is not in the original. It was added by translators. It is this kind going not out, but by prayer. There's no fasting in there. Because past fasting is not a spiritual device for power. Fasting doesn't bring power. Fasting doesn't guarantee answered prayer. God is not aware you're fasting. Why are you, why are you smiling? <laughs> God is not aware you're fasting. God doesn't benefit from your fast. You benefit from your fast. So fasting is self-help. Self 
I'm fasting to help myself maintain a discipline. That's all. God is not aware. Father, I have fasted 100 days. No, he's not aware. <laughs> Religious people can, can shoot you if you say this kind of... No, power doesn't come by fasting. There's no scripture anywhere that says fasting generates power. It's just a self-help. Why do we fast? So we can express a seriousness and a diligence and a commitment to help us to be effective in prayer and Bible study. That's why fasting without prayer and Bible study is hunger strike. Anybody that says fasting and is not studying and is not praying is actually punishing his body. He's hurting the body that Jesus paid for. It's a disservice to himself. That's why you find out that there's no doctrinal teaching on fasting. No doctrinal teaching on fasting. It is just one of the activities believers do to help themselves. So, the demons didn't go out because they go out by prayer. Okay? Now, let's stay on that. Now, he now said to them, because of unbelief, then he gave a principle which is to say with your mouth and believe with your heart. He now stretches it and talks about forgiveness, which you will see one time when he told them, if somebody offends you, forgive him 70 times 7 in one day. 70 times 7 in one day. Then they said, Lord, increase our faithfulness. 70 times 7 in one day increase our faith so the concept of faith therefore will be a body of activities and facts the concept of faith will be a body of activities and facts so we can say first of all that jesus was faithful question jesus was faithful to what jesus was faithful to what? Faithful to the scriptures. Faithful to the scriptures. Look at Matthew 5, 17. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, was Jesus faithful to the scriptures? Can I hear it better than that? Now, Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Next verse. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
Love the Lord your God, which is faith. And the work of faith is love. Love the Lord your God, faith. And the resultant effect of that faith is love. So he explains here his faithfulness to the Old Testament scriptures. He came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Now, Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Please pay attention here. Romans chapter 10 verse number 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. To everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law. Remember, he came to fulfill the law. So, he is the end of the law for righteousness. To everyone that believeth. Now, how is Jesus the righteousness? Romans chapter 10 verse 5 to 7. Romans chapter 10 verse 5 to 7. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Next verse. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. So he describes the fulfillment of the law as what Jesus did in death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is the end of the law. How? Say not who shall raise him from the dead. In his resurrection, he put an end to the law. So Jesus said, the fulfillment of the law is faith and love. The fulfillment of the law is faith and love. That's exactly what Paul is saying. The word of faith. Whose faith? The word of faith. The message of faith. Whose faith? Our believing or his faithfulness? Huh? His faithfulness. Is it a message of our believing or a message of his faithfulness? His faithfulness. Because he says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It is not confessing or it is not your confession that is the message. The message is just near your mouth. The word is nighty. Your confession is not the message. So you are now saying what the message has said. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 to 10. Notice something. That the message of faith there is the message of Christ to the scriptures. 
the message of Christ. Now let me ask you a simple question. Is our believing involved? Huh? Yes. That's smart. <clears throat> now, but it is resting on what? Our believing is resting on what? His faithfulness. Does our believing validate his faithfulness? So our believing need his faithfulness. Okay. That is why his faithfulness is the message. The faithfulness of Jesus is what we preach. Are you following? The faithfulness of Jesus is what we preach. That's why now he comes to that Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Pay attention. Romans 10 17. So then, faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You didn't see what I did. Look, 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 look. I just did something there. Pay attention because I'm going to do it again. So then, faith by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. What did I just do there? Huh? I deleted comment by because it's not in the original. Because when, when I used to teach faith newly, when I started ministry, I used to say faith comment, faith comment by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So that means faith goeth by not hearing and hearing and not hearing and not hearing. Because that's the impression you get. But when you do a thorough study, it is not it is not a continuous hearing. It is not a continuous coming. Faith by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Or the message of Christ. Faith by hearing. Hearing the message of Christ. So faith is by what is heard. Actually, what is heard is what? Eh? Talk to me, citizens. What is heard is what? This faithfulness is in what is heard. And what we heard is the message of Christ. This faithfulness is in what we heard. And what we heard is the message of Christ. It's not as much as delivering faith to you, even though that faithfulness now prompts our own faithfulness, which is to believe in what he has done. But the primary use of faith is for who? Christ or us? Huh? Because our believing is found because of what? His faithfulness. You know, you know what we're doing? You know, we laid the foundation and we said we will expand it. You remember? We're expanding it now. You must never read faith in the epistles outside his faithfulness. Never. That's why Jesus called it the faith of God. The faith that God gives. Have faith. In God. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 1. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 verse 1. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Next verse. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Next verse. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Observe. For sin condemns sin in the flesh. Verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, not by us, in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So he's now saying to us, what Jesus Christ did is the righteousness of the law. And what he did has fulfilled that righteousness in us. What Jesus did has fulfilled the righteousness of the law in us. Which is where he used the word spirit. Brother Paul's pneuma. Let's imagine the spirit of truth get a hold of Mark 11.20. Have the faithfulness of God. Now please listen carefully. The spirit of truth, therefore, okay, let me just quickly establish something. Are you here? Look up, look up, look up. Look up. Which segment of the Bible do we call the spirit of truth? Huh? 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 Which segment of the scriptures or of the Bible do we call the rightly divided word? Which segment do we call the spirit of truth? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, is that before resurrection or post-resurrection? Okay. So, what I am doing here now is, the spirit of truth handles Mark 11.20. We want to examine what the spirit of truth will do to Mark 11.20. Are you following so what is Mark 11.20? Put it up so that we are all on the same page. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Next verse. Peter called him to remember and said, hey, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou causest is withered away. Next verse. Can we all read the next verse together like a mask where everybody want to go? And Jesus answering said unto them, Now that place is have faith in God or have the faith that God gives or have God's faith. No, it's the same. Have faith in God. Have the faith that God gives. Yeah, have faith in God. Okay? Now, that is pre-resurrection. So let's imagine that the spirit of truth takes hold of that verse. Expands the narrative. That faith will now be expressed towards men. So Jesus takes it from a tree to a mountain. Then he lands it amongst men. When you stand praying, forgive like your father. Now so when you see Jesus say, have the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ with the respect of persons. He is handling the spirit of truth revelation. So, that is why you will see 
a James in the spirit of truth take that sentence from Jesus and elaborate the verbiage in the New Testament by saying faith without works is dead. Three mountain he now learns the narrative amongst men. When you stand praying, so the intent for faith is going to be felt amongst men. Are you following? Faith without works. Then James will say, you say you have faith in God and you are busy speaking. Then James will say, it goes beyond speaking. You will not make a practice of what you are saying. If you speak to the mountain, and you speak to the tree, and you speak to sickness and disease, he now says, this faith also works in a higher law. You will now speak to the mountain. Which mountain? Bitterness. Which mountain? Unforgiveness. And when you speak to them, what will be the outcome? You forgive. Higher law. Is anybody with me? You will speak to what exactly was against the soul. So he gives us the work of the faith. He now says, well, you say I have faith in God. Then he says, well, your brother is hungry. Huh? Your sister lacks clothes. Somebody hurt you. And then that's all you have. You keep saying, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm hot. I don't like what he did to me. Then at the same time, you say you have faith. Your faith is dead. Because if you truly have faith, it is in that offense that your faith will move the mountain of unforgiveness. Your faith in God will remove the offense, it will remove the hurt, it will move the unforgiveness away, and the impact of your faith will be felt amongst men that in spite of the offense, you are still walking in love. That walking in love is the resultant effect of moving the mountain or drying the fig tree. Now, the word dead, faith without works is dead, is inoperative. It's not operational. Because he takes his teaching of faith from Mark eleven twenty five and 26. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. Which is the faithfulness of God found in Christ. Now look at Habakkuk. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. 
But before we read, just write it somewhere, put a little star. Let's proceed. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. That, that scripture of Habakkuk 2 4 was quoted in three places. Primarily. But you could see it overshadow many of the writings of the apostles. Jesus did it. Paul did a lot. John did. John will say, you cannot say God dwells in you and then you shut up the bowels of your compassion. How will you say God dwells in you and a brother in church is hungry. You see his lips are dry. You can see he's staggering because he has not eaten. You have cool 10,000 naira in your pocket and you shut up your bowels of compassion from that brother. Do you really believe? Are you really in faith? The faith that God gives? Are you really operating in the faith of God? That's the way John teaches that. Because what we have is faith in the faithfulness of Jesus which is the love of God. The love of God. So it can only be expressed in a way and manner that's identical to that faithfulness or what we call the love of God. Look at this. Paul quoted the verse. Romans 1 17. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3 11. Galatians 3.11 But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38 The writer of Hebrews. Hebrews 10.38 Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Habakkuk Chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 now. Habakkuk. Where all of them got it from. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Next verse. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readed it. Verse 3. Pay attention now. For the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Next verse. I like the play of words there. Behold, pay attention, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his. Now, by his faith. Now, wait for it. You don't use this except for the pronoun of a person. That's why the writer of Hebrews now got that in order in verse 4. Verse 4 of that, you know, um, yeah. behold, the writer of Habakkuk, sorry, 
His soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Look at the word live. L-I-V-E. Is the word chaya in the Hebrew. C-H-A-Y-A-H. C-H-A-Y-A-H. Live. It actually means to be alive. It's used for the opposite of being dead or unconscious. Being dead or unconscious. The just will not be dead, but be alive. Then he says, by his faith. The word faith there is the word emuna. 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 E-M-U-N-U-A-H. Emuna. Which is used a whole lot for faithfulness or fidelity. Faithfulness or fidelity. You will see the use of it in Exodus 17, 12. You can read at home for time. This word is used basically for faithfulness. It's used for fidelity. It's used for being firm. Faithfulness, fidelity, being firm. So what is the issue here really? Hebrews 10, 37 and 38 is what we quoted in Habakkuk. You will discover that everywhere this verse is being quoted, it's referring to the resurrection of Jesus. Everywhere. The just shall live by his faithfulness. Whose faithfulness? Jesus. He that will come will come. Can you see? He that will come will come. So when you see that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, you will have man present in that discourse. But who is the primary actor? Christ. In Hebrews 12 2, he now calls him the author. And finisher of that faith. Which is his faithfulness. So it is the faithfulness of Jesus. That justified Abel. And underlining it. Abel's faith or Abel's believing. Or trusting in that faithfulness. So the faith of Paul's writing and the apostles is to mirror what Jesus has done in the form of knowledge. In the form of the expression of it or primarily his faithfulness. Chapter 10 has given us a lot of narrative about his resurrection. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 16 where he uses the word power. Romans 1 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. So God's power can only be seen within the framework of salvation. You cannot see God's power outside salvation. Where did he use the word power again? Romans 1.4 
the resurrection of Jesus and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. How? By the resurrection from the dead. So what's the faith to faith? Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What is faith to faith there? God's faithfulness. The just shall live by the faith of Jesus. So we are alive by the faith of Jesus. But in that faithfulness, we express by believing on what he has done. And we express by what he is doing in us and through us as well. Look at Galatians 3.11. Galatians 3.11 to 13. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Oh, I love this. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Next verse. Christ hath redeemed us. So that faith is what Christ has done which has given us life. The just shall come alive. It's not that the just shall live their day-to-day life by faith. That's not the context. The just shall come into existence, shall come alive by the faith of Jesus. Somebody understand it? Shout a good amen. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the work of Christ. So the faith he is talking about there is whose work? Christ walk. So can we say we express faith in him or we believe in his faithfulness? Yes. So that together is the compound word the faith. When you read the Bible and you see the faith, he's talking about the work of Christ that has justified the believer. So how can a man in his teaching depart from the faith? How can a teacher of the word depart from the faith when he removes fundamentally when he removes fundamentally the element of Christ's work and our soul resting on it any preacher that removes in his teaching fundamentally the element of Christ's work and our total dependence on it has departed from the faith. Second question. How does a man fight the good fight of faith? He retains the faithfulness of Christ as the basis of doctrine. He retains the faithfulness of Christ as the basis of doctrine and as our faith resting in it. So that's why Paul will say, I have kept the faith. I have kept the message of the faithfulness of Christ. So therefore, faith becomes a message. Like a cargo. In Paul's writing. And you know, we can figure it out through Jesus' statement. Look at Luke chapter 18, verse 2 to 8. You will like this. Luke 18, 2 to 8. Pay attention to the narration. 
saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Next verse. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he will not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Do I fear not God, nor regard man? Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? The question now is, shall he find faith there? Is he, shall he find believing or faithfulness? Huh? Is that faith his faithfulness or your own believing? Huh? Why are you quiet? Which side are you? Shall he find faith on the earth? Which faith? His faith or your faith? Your own. Okay, I'm not going to answer. So keep it somewhere. You said is your faith. Because now if you observe the next story he gives is how not to trust in yourself. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Verse 9. I told you I'm not going to answer. Verse 9. You will answer for yourself. And he spake this parable unto, unto certain which trusted in themselves and that were righteous and despised others. I didn't say anything. Which trust in themselves. Then he gives the parable of the publican and the Pharisee. Publican displays his CV. The Pharisee said he could not even lift up himself. Now understand the temple theology. When you come to the temple, you are supposed to come with an animal and you are supposed to put your face on that animal. On the basis of that animal, ask for mercy. So now, the Pharisee comes in with his CV, but the publican comes in without anything. And then he falls down and he can't face up and he says, I don't have an animal. God, be my animal. God, be my animal or provide a sacrifice on my behalf. And God was faithful. God was faithful. Then he says, this man goes home more justified. Remember what Habakkuk said. He said, he that lifted up his soul shall not be upright. He that lifted up his soul shall not be upright, but the just shall live by his faithfulness. Teaching good? So, when he says, when the son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Is it your believing or the faithfulness of Jesus? Keep it somewhere. I will still not answer you. So, Jesus used a parable to explain the importance of his own justification. And then he ends by saying, 
sacrifice or be my propitiation. The guy felt that his gifts qualified him, the public, I mean the, 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 the Pharisee. The Pharisee said, you know, um, I have done this, I fast twice a week, I have paid my tithe. And the publican says, I'm a sinner. Provide a sacrifice on my behalf. So faithfulness will be a key way of explaining faith in the epistles. Faithfulness. Have you noticed that all the texts we read about the faith or in the faith were all about the resurrection of Jesus? So our believing is in his faithfulness. It's not in scripture quoting. Our believing is not in how many scripture I can memorize and quote. This is where the believer is different from Christian science. Christian science will say, say it, say it, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. You know that none of the apostles thought just be talking, just be talking, just be talking. Everywhere faith is mentioned, Jesus is glorified. Because it is in or on the faithfulness of Jesus and the focus of that faith is the resurrection. And that resurrection is what brought the sacrifice of Jesus. And so Paul will say that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That means faith therefore gives us the mirror of Christ. Faith gives to us the mirror of Christ. In the faith of the believer, the believer must see Christ. Once you say you are in faith and you are not seeing Christ, you are in something else. He is the author and finisher. I must admit, I must admit to all of you here that a good number of people in churches are practicing new age. They are not practicing Bible. They are practicing the new age. It's unfortunate that believers are practicing new age because where Christ is not found and you are busy talking, what are you talking? What's the basis of your talk? And the people producing these new agers in churches are motivational speakers who disguise as pastors. They are the fundamental problem. Speak nice. Speak good. Speak well. Feel good. Act good. Talk good. Talk nice. They are in new age. Our talk is only good because it mirrors Christ. And be found in him not having my own. Once it is your own, you are no more in Christianity. You are in something else. You have gone to Christian science. You have gone to new age. Motivational speakers, they are not helping us in the body of Christ. They are the major problem in the body. I'm serious. Because a motivational speaker does not rightly divide scripture. He actually destroys scripture because he will force the Bible to back his philosophy. Which is an insult to the sensibilities of the writers of scripture. Which is immorality on the pulpit. Infidelity to Christ. I have zero tolerance for motivational speakers on the pulpit. I didn't say you can't motivate people, but don't stand on the pulpit for God's sake. 
Go and stand on a circular square. Let people know you are just a motivator. Or what they call them life coaches. I'm not a, I'm a, pre, I'm a preacher of the God. I'm not, I'm not a life coach. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm a preacher of the word. I'm a wordite. Nobody say you cannot do motivation. But for God's sake, leave this pulpit. Let's know you are a professional. You can be hired by governments. You can be hired by institutions to motivate people that don't have the Holy Spirit. A man that has the Holy Spirit, his motivation is Lebra, Tobala, Tagagada, Joko. I have the Holy Ghost that motivates me naturally. Sit down first. Let me finish this teaching. It is doing me just let me cool down. (laughs) Most of these motivational speakers, they are the ones producing atheists out of the church. They are producing new agents. They are the ones allowing Christian science to get a better half of Christians. They are the ones allowing all this nonsense. Men that will not preach the word of God. Because they are lazy to study the Bible. They are lazy to do their due diligence. So since they can't study the Bible, they mutilate the scriptures. And let me tell you, when the scriptures are not rightly divided, the preacher is lying. You can never find truth out of a lie. The truth of scripture can only be arrived at when the scriptures are what? Rightly divided. Autotomio. That's the Greek word. It's not a tongue. It's a Greek word. Autotomio. Now the issue is, you may even get results from those things that the motivational speakers are bringing. You may get results. But the fact remains that for a believer, it has to rest on what Christ has done. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus, on Christ the solid, all other ground all other ground my birds is coming back leave that side leave that side leave that side <laughs> let me close his hands glory to god the basis of the faith message must be on the finished work of christ but some people just get hold of the faith message and zero in on the principle. Principle. They keep telling you principle. It's not a principle thing. It's the faithfulness to Christ and our believing in our loyalty to it. The faithfulness of Christ. So that faithfulness begins to work in the believer. A working by that faithfulness not by sight. We walk by that faithfulness, not by sight. I don't know if you're following. 
We walk by that faithfulness, not by you know. We 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 he gave us a glorified body. Jesus gave us a glorified body. The walk by faith and not by sight is in that body that we have of the Lord. Being absent from the body, present with the Lord. He calls that walking by faith or walking by his faithfulness and not by what we see. So in his faithfulness as believers, do we have a role? Yes. It's not primary, but it's the fact that we believe in his faithfulness. So faith, therefore, is a wide word, a term that is wide. That's why when people got to the Pauline letters, you see Timothy and Titus, then they get confused. Because when he mentioned faith in the pastoral epistles, he is talking about the teaching of his world. Christian living. Just like Philemon. Is it Philemon or Philemon? Whichever. Verse 6. That the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you because you are in Christ. Are you still here? He's talking about practical Christian living which mirrors Christ. Acknowledging of every good thing which is in you. He is saying the good things which is in you, which is in Christ, he calls those good things faith. Faith. So by implication it means that everyday expression of the faith which is Christ's faithfulness because even Jesus when he spoke faith, he stretched it in his teaching to Christian living. When you stand praying, forgive. So you will see that all the writers, therefore, took everything from what Jesus said. Now, if you miss here, you shouldn't have come. You know, people get it very wrong thinking that Matthew was writing eyewitness. But I mean, if you know, Matthew was not writing eyewitness. Okay, you will find out. Matthew 13, 34 to 35. Matthew 13, 34 to 35. And all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them. Watch the next verse. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. He quoted from Psalm 78 verse 2. Jesus didn't say that it was Matthew who is reporting. When did Matthew get that? He got this explanation when Jesus rose from the dead and the spirit of truth brought it to his remembrance. Now, so when the spirit of truth brought that statement to his remembrance, light shone on that statement. They now took the actions of Jesus and did what Paul said. For Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. But Jesus had opened their understanding. You know we talked about that yesterday. Now, so you can say in a short form that you will see the Old Testament teach the New Testament. And the New Testament teach the Old Testament because the Old Testament is New Testament concealed and the New Testament is Old Testament revealed. Are you following? Now, the verbiage was there. So you can read the New Testament backwards and you will find the Old Testament. Having found that, you can now say this was done that this 
may be fulfilled. So the eyewitnesses therefore will answer the fact that if you had seen what Jesus has done in the resurrection, you are able to explain better. So the resurrection therefore is the revelation. The resurrection of Jesus is the revelation. It brings clarity to everything that Jesus did to the minds of the disciples. Stay with me. Today I'm in charge of your time. Exodus 33. But before we read, this is Moses. And in case you are new to Moses, let me quickly introduce you to Moses. He was born and raised in the king's palace. So he had the luxury of extraordinary comfort in his being raised up as a child. Then he found himself killing people. So he ran away to the wilderness for 40 years. He came back to the same Egypt to deliver the children of Israel. Then he took them by the sea and there were too many exploits and miracles. That's Moses. Exodus 33, 13. Pay attention. We're going to read a few. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. Next verse. And he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. Next verse. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Next verse. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, for all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Pay attention particularly to that verse 16, 17. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Now Moses was as though he was waiting for that to, to go where he was going. This is now where he was going in that discourse. Verse 18. This is all that Jesus is to arrive here. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Glory! Show me thy glory. Now you need to understand what Moses was saying. Look at verse 19. We read to verse 23. 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Next verse. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and leave. Next verse. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. And thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand, while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Now let's expand it. If you understand the language Moses used, now you must also know that Moses wrote this story himself. Nobody wrote it for him. He's a writer. 
Okay? Luke 10, 22 to 24. Pay attention. Luke 10, 22 to 24. All things are delivered to me of my father. And no man knoweth who the son is but the father. And who the father is but the son. And he to whom the son will reveal him. Kabada. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Jesus said to his disciples, Bless are your eyes for they see, your ears for they hear. He said there were many prophets. Is it sinking in? Is it falling in place? There were many prophets who desired to see and have not seen it. And so when he said this to the disciples, the disciples wondered, desire to see what? To see what? These parables you are busy troubling us with a certain man, once upon a time, a particular man. Is that what they desire to see? <laughs> if it's miracles, Moses has seen miracles. If it's the glory of God, they have seen the glory of God. In fact, they were always with the cloud of glory. They saw the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. So, they must have been wondering, what is he talking about? But when he rose from the dead, John now looked back. Thought backward and he said, oh, Moses had just at that point where they built the tabernacle in chapter 40. And he told the people, the glory will be there. Then he now went privately. Like Nick at night. And said, show me your glory. <laughs> so John now went back and said, oh. The word became flesh. So all of that talk on the tabernacle is for the outsiders. He became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So John will now write it. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten which is in the bosom of the Father, in the corpus, has declared him. You know, by saying what he was, he was saying, they were actually boasting. John, them were boasting. No man has seen God at any time. <laughs> but we beheld his glory. <laughs> but the Son of God, which is in the corpus, the bosom of the Father. So what Moses was talking about happened on the streets of Israel. What Moses was crying to see was nyafu nyafu on the streets of Israel. You're not following, you're not following. They desire to see those things. But the people that saw it only knew it after the fact. If they had known that the man that was walking among them was God Almighty in his glory, they would have treated him better. But now it's after resurrection. They say, hey, we beheld him. We saw, yeah, 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 we, we saw the glory. But we didn't know. But now we know. At least we saw. Oh, I'm teaching good. I'm teaching. 
Are you catching the flow tonight? Now, hold, 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 hold. They now remembered and they picked Exodus 33 and said, we saw his glory. They said, Moses, you were talking about face. And Jesus is the face of God. That is how he looks. He's the man like God. The glory. Doxa kabod. Doxa Greek. Kabod Hebrew. That is, we saw his face. So Moses knew it was in the cloud. He knew that the glory of God would be simple. It will not be complicated. That's why he had, Moses now said, you will see my back part. Meaning the glory will be a person. You will not see my face, but you will see. So what Moses was talking about is, you know, the person I wanted to see, I wanted the incarnation to happen in my lifetime. But God said, no, it's too early. You won't see it now. But there's an appointed time when the incarnation will happen. And John said, what was denied Moses, we saw. Can you see the consistency of theology? You see Moses, you see John, you see Paul, you see all of them. And Paul talks about the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Oh, I'm teaching good. Now, hold on, I'm almost through. I'm almost through with tonight. The point is, the humanity happened and the eyewitnesses saw it. So in other words, you will see the verbiage. They were, not, they were now able to go to the verbiage of the Old Testament and say, oh, so this is the glory that Moses wanted to see. This is the face. For no man has seen God at any time. All he's saying is that what Moses sought to see and hear, they heard. They saw it. In fact, they even, Jesus even told them about the parable of the ten virgins. Five were wise. Five were foolish. When the bridegroom came, one came late. He was telling them, I am the glory. I am God. In parables. But they couldn't fathom. But it was when he rose from the dead, they now knew. Oh, that's the glory that Moses was referring to. The glory as of the only begotten of God. Uniquely, monogenua, monogenes, full of grace and truth. Exactly what Moses was describing in Exodus 33. And so you will see Paul express the same glory. And that glory, Paul relates it to Jesus. Because the glory of God is in the humanity of Christ. That defeats every attempt to push God into the human thinking. Of what they think the rulership is. They think that the rulership of God will be a tyranny. It's a government, no doubt. But the government of the kingdom of servants. In this kingdom. Is the servant that rules. So when we hear the gift of righteousness. We will begin to deal with that from tomorrow. The gift of righteousness is the death of Jesus. The death of Jesus. He came not to be ministered unto. But to minister. And to give his life a ransom for many. How? Somebody, you want to be king. And then you are now the ransom. He reversed the entire theology. So the writer of Hebrews says, Through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death, which is the devil. He didn't destroy the devil through violence. He destroyed the devil through death. And by death, he subdued violence. His kingdom is not a kingdom of violence. 
The prayer of fall and die is not Bible prayer. It's occultism and, and, and native doctorism. It's not a kingdom of violence. It's a kingdom where a servant rules. It's a kingdom where the only way to rule is to die. And in death, he brought life. And in that life, you reign. As many as receive the abundance of grace, which is the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life. Are you blessed tonight? Get on your feet. That's all we've got tonight. Glory to God. Get on your feet. Let's blast in tongues for some five minutes and just enjoy this revelation. Everybody. Egere diza kalana mora kotene kele ne mana koda jeko la baraka tombe gele ne mambro gadongo roto balika toda legro dodo do lodo boza kalana mambro daboro kotona kelea aya manajo kolo da babra gadaba zokolo da brina kakolo da boja kalene maya open your butt and begin to celebrate the life begin to celebrate revelation knowledge begin to celebrate the gift of Christ begin to celebrate the blessing of Christ legro to shuk Kalana babre, rakoto bongolo do boza kalanaga, ege boja kalene bebre gedeze kilena ma, engelene moza kalene babra, agala da barakatoba la karede gede golo yobo, echalaboro kotobo sekelene ma, engelene moza kanda, angelere boza ke, agala to barakatomea, engelere boza kanda, engele koso parakatonia. Bebre gado barakatoba la gadaba zokola egelerebo jakanda legro do sokolo do babra gadaba rakatonekea. Lift your hands and begin to give him praise. Praise him from whom all blessings flow. Praise him from whom all blessings flow. Praise him the foundation, the rock of our faith. Praise him the basis of our faith. Praise him our righteousness. Praise him the gift of God's grace. Praise him the revelation of God to humanity. Praise him the accurate precise revelation of God in our hearts. Who loved us and saved us and justified us and washed us with his blood. Accepted us in the beloved. Legronda sukalanaba, egadiado lodo, jekle de barakato, engamanongola nama, egelerebo sotoa, egalato barakato de legetekea, agagagagarataka, angabasokea, agabajoko, ange, agalarababa, elababarakato laba, lembrona sola badada. Grab somebody, begin to pray for the person. Revelation knowledge. The eyes of your neighbor's understanding. Increase in revelation. Increase in insight. Grab somebody, pray for that person. Breda gogolodo bozekelene mosatalaba legra gadadadalada barakatobelea engalaba jokolorebo agalada 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 engelerebo sotelerebobo engelerebo sotola mambraga dobelegedeya angaladebo jakayana engelerebo sokolorebo grow in grace grow in knowledge rakato melaya angaradaba sote Labragada Barakata, Egeboshaka, 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 Egeboshaka.
Egeboshaka, Egeboshaka, Angaranama Sota. Pray for your neighbor, pray for your neighbor. Revelation knowledge. Langradaba Sokalaraba. Legoroto Sokalada. In the name of Jesus. Grab somebody else. Pray for that person. The same way Jesus is serving us. We serve one another. We serve each other. We serve the brethren. We serve sacrificially. I am the gift of Christ to the body. I serve the body. Pray for your neighbor. We serve one another. With the gift of Christ. With the measure of the gift of Christ. We serve God's purpose. We lay down our life for the brethren. We lay down our life for the God. We lay down our lives for one another. We lay down our lives for the preaching of the gospel. We lay down our lives to raise disciples in all the nations of the earth. Shotobo, Aladabo, 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 Angelemo Sataya, Akaba Sotolea, Angelemo Sotolabara. In the name of Jesus, now lay hands on yourself. Begin to speak to your health. Begin to speak to your body. Command your body to behave. Command your organs to behave. I am bought with a price. Therefore, I glorify God in my body and in my spirit, which are God's. I am bought with a price. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am the house of God. I speak to my organs. I speak to my senses. I speak to my sight. I speak to my hearing. I speak to my speech. I speak to my brain. I speak to my cells. I speak to my organs, my heart, my kidney. My pancreas, my lungs, I speak to my genes, I speak to my vein and artery, I speak to my bloodstreams, I speak to my blood vessels. I declare every part of my body cooperates with the purpose of God, cooperates with the plan of God, cooperates with the agenda of God. I am an instrument and a vehicle of the demonstration of the grace and the love of God. I am a vehicle for the demonstration of the revelation of God's word in my generation. We preach the word in and out of season. My body is healthy. My body is strong. I live long. I live strong. I live well to serve the purpose, to serve the intent of God in my generation. Sickness and disease has no access to my body, has no access to my environment. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am far from oppression. No evil befalls me me. No plague comes nigh my dwelling. In the name of Jesus, I am hid with Christ in God. I am focused. I am resilient. I am focused. I am resilient. I am not tossed to and fro. I am focused. I defend the gospel. I preach the faith. I fight the good fight of faith. Sotea, Ayatola, 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 Ayatola.
We resist you, Satan, and all your demons. We resist you. You flee right now. You flee right now. In the name of Jesus, we resist you. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear that amen on a note of finality? Say, I preach the gospel. In and out of season. I yield my body. I yield my members. As instruments of righteousness. I serve God. With my spirit. My soul. And my body. I pronounce my body. Is a vehicle for the gospel. I house God. I house God. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I am resilient. I am steadfast. I am unmovable. I abound in the work of the Lord. My labor is not in vain things. I preach the word in and out of season. I am far from oppression. I am kept by the power of God. I stand complete and perfect in all of the will of God. I walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I am fruitful unto every good work. And in the name of Jesus, the love of God expressed by the faith of God in my life reaches out to the unsaved and to the saved. I demonstrate the love of God and the power of God in my generation. I preach the word in and out of season. Whether it is convenient or not, I preach the word. I raise disciples. I am a witness of the resurrection. I am a witness of the resurrection. Great grace is upon me. Great grace is upon my ministry. Great grace is upon my life. And I declare, I declare right now, I stand in my place of authority. Satan, I resist you. You flee. Right now, I resist you. You flee. Right now, I resist you. You flee. Flee from my body, from my finances, from my home, from my life. Flee right now. Get your hands off. In the name of Jesus, you have no access to this territory. Jesus conquered you and he lives here. Therefore, I resist you. Go in the name of Jesus. It is written, I cast out demons and they flee. Therefore, get your hands off my business, my career, my job, my family. Get your hands off right now in Jesus' name. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. In Jesus' name. He says, resist the devil. And he will argue. And he will hang around. He will what? Let all men be liars. Satan is the father of liars. We have resisted him. And he's gone. He cannot occupy the territory. Because Jesus defeated him. You are God's territory. He lives there. Glory to God. You are robust in health. 
you are robust in ideas you are robust in concepts fruitful relationships are channeled in your direction opportunities are showing up in your direction you make informed decisions informed choices in the name of jesus thank you father it is done i didn't hear that amen go ahead and celebrate 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 glory 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 amen shout it very loud i live long i live strong i live well say it again i live long i live strong i live well say it two more times one more time i live i didn't hear a good amen you live strong you live well you live long long strong well no abating no abating of your natural force your bones are standing even at old age your sight is sharp your brain is normal functioning well zadabada your memory is sharp at old age you will say in 1992 october 4 3 a.m accurate i declare in the name of jesus blessed who is blessed here glory to god glory hey but we see jesus amen all right grab your offerings let's give us we get ready to go we'll be back tomorrow quarter to six a lot to unpack i'm looking at the things i plan to teach you and i'm checking the days that are remaining if i don't double up we'll finish the days and i still have a lot to teach to teach you and you will be at them many things to say and you will be at it Amen. God of all holy Grab an offering tonight. Let's give. <laughs> God punish the devil. Praise God. All right, giving online. The bank candidates are there on television and on social media. We love you all. We look forward to seeing all of you tomorrow. Remember, we're live at 9 to 10, 10 to 11 tonight, tomorrow morning, 5 to 6. Father, we give in faith. We give with joy. Our offerings are a sweet smell, and we're excited about the privilege of honoring the work of Christ on earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we sign you off, I want to thank those of you that have redeemed your commitments towards our project. Those that are still trying to redeem, do that quickly. And if you are having any challenges with redeeming, shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. We will help you clarify whatever is a challenge. But when you shoot the mail, make sure you put your phone number so we can call you quickly and help you sort out whatever the challenge is. But we love you guys. Good night. We'll see you again at 9 o'clock during the, the, the war time. Be blessed. Amen. Amen.